They say when a baby is born, so is a mother. But while you are there to help your baby grow into the person he or she is meant to be, who is there to help you? Many women feel lost and alone when they become mothers, wondering, who am I now? Sometimes it feels like the transformation from woman to mother is as radical as a caterpillar's transformation into a butterfly. Did you know that inside the chrysalis, the caterpillar literally turns into goop before it rearranges itself into a butterfly? This podcast is about the goop, what soul transformation looks like as you transition from being a woman to a mom. Your baby's growth matters, but yours does too. You're not alone. I'm your host, Brittany Ming. Welcome to the Motherhood Metamorphosis. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Motherhood Metamorphosis. I'm your host, Brittany Ming, and today we are talking to Emily Roussel. Emily is the author of Rock You Tonight, a lullaby-style picture book written for new babies and moms. She's a mom to four and wife to her best friend. She's a speech-language pathologist by degree, but as motherhood has grown and changed her, she's become a writer by passion and pursuit. Welcome, Emily. I'm so glad to talk to you today. I'm so glad to be here, Brittany. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So when we were chatting about what to talk about, you sent me an article that you had written on Facebook. I wondered if I could read a little bit of it um, before we get started into this conversation. So you wrote, some of us have a whole army of kids. Some of us have one. Some of us have parents that live nearby and regularly pitch in. Some of us have zero family support. Some of us have an awesome partner that truly shares the load. Some of us are flying solo. Some of us have kids that are great sleepers and born helpers. Some of us have kids that need us in much bigger ways. And despite all these differences, there's not one of us in the lot that's getting through this parenting thing unscathed. It's hard no matter what. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So tell me about what inspired you to write this article and really what the main premise, what you were writing about was this idea of being super mom, right? Exactly. So those words actually, well, you know, those are my best attempt at paraphrasing um, my very first friend that I ever made in motherhood, um, my very first mom friend. And she was, you know, how sometimes just the right person comes into your path at just the right time. And you just don't even realize how badly you needed that person until you look back later and just realize how huge they were um, in helping to lay your path forward. And she was that for me in motherhood. Absolutely. You know, I, I think I, I came into motherhood after a lot of loss. And, you know, so I think that for me, my, my whole context, I, you know, I had uh, our first were twins. um, But leading up to our twins, we had three pregnancy losses. Mm -hmm. And then the twins pregnancy was very, uh, it was complicated and I would say near loss. Um, And so by the time, like we finally had those babies in our arms and we had them, I think my whole context for motherhood was so much fear and so much, you know, how can I control this and what can I do? You know, maybe if I just try to do everything right, Um, I can somehow hang on and, you know, try to prevent further loss. I, um, I just, I was, I know that I was operating uh, intensely out of fear and how can I, um, you know, just try to do it all right, I guess. Um, Maybe if I do it all right, then, then somehow it'll be okay. And so 
I think I came into motherhood really kind of a mess. Um, very anxious, very wound up, um, very, uh, you know, looking around and taking everybody else in and, you know, am I, am I doing what she's doing? Am I doing what she's doing? Is she doing it better than me? What, what else should I be doing? And so this, this friend of mine, um, she had twins also, but her twins were her last of four. Um, so when I met her, uh, my twins were about eight months old and her twins were about the same age, but, um, she also had an eight-year-old and a three-year-old. So she had already been mothering for eight years. She was just, you know, I mean, she was seasoned at that point, you know, um, it was, she was far enough along into motherhood to be confident in her role. And yeah, um, she seemed relaxed. She seemed at ease. Um, she seemed happy and I, you know, it's, I think sometimes motherhood can be weird like that. I, I was so happy. I was so grateful and I was so lost and I was so exhausted. And yeah, so I, I'll never forget walking into the park. I met her at a park and a play date, um, or just a random uh, park play date. And I felt like I, you know, pushed my double stroller in there, like just barely getting by <laughs> and, um, you know, kind of internally just feeling like a mess. And then I look over and, you know, she's like throwing the ball to, to her eight-year-old son and pushing her three-year-old on the swing and like singing and kind of rocking her twins that were in the stroller. And everything about her was just like at ease and, and comfortable and confident. And I was just like, I need that in my life. Like I need you in my life. And so, yeah, so she really became a mentor, um, also a friend and so those were her words and, and it really came out of, you know, just, I think all of that pent up, um, negative, fearful based energy that I had kind of brewing on the inside. Um, you know, why do I feel like I'm always feeling, um, I don't, you know, I doesn't, I don't feel like I'm ever getting any of this right. And, you know, I'm looking around and I feel, it looks like everybody else somehow has it together. And I'm like constantly falling on my face. And this isn't what I pictured motherhood to be. This isn't what I imagined. And, you know, look at you, look at, um, you know, look at her. And, you know, she just, like I said, she had this very uh, relaxed confidence about her and she just looked me dead in the eye. And I, she said, you want to know the truth? about super moms is that there are none, that this is hard for everyone. And then she went on to kind of list what you had read about, you know, we all are bringing to the table all of these vastly different variables. Um, and yet somehow we can't help ourselves from comparing, you know, I'm looking at you and I'm just like feeling my dullest spots so intensely. And then I look over at you and all I see is just your shiniest, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and meanwhile, you might be doing the same. Um, and it's just this kind of trap that I think we can fall into in motherhood and, um, that we just lose sight of that, you know, we're comparing such, you know, our variables tend to be so different. It doesn't even make any sense to compare our situations that they're, that they're just so vastly different, but 
I think that she just was, you know, just the way that she could communicate in such like a calm, clear, like, look, this is how it is. There are no super moms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is a myth. And, you know, we all have our hard and we all have our great and it's all vastly different. And, um, yeah, I just, you know, every now and then somebody says something to you and they just say it so assuredly <laughs> that you just, you're like, I just believe you. <laughs> and I think she was just, I will always be so grateful to her. Um, because I had a lot of that motherhood goop at this, in that season of my life. And she was the one who kind of pulled me through that. Yeah. Yeah. So many things resonated with me as you were talking. Well, one, I have twins and they're my oldest. Yeah. And I also started my motherhood journey with a lot of fear because we had a difficult pregnancy where they were not doing very well in utero and we saw a lot of specialists and we were just wanting them to live. Right. Um, Yes. Then they were in the NICU. So I started off very anxious, right? wanting to do things right. And I didn't have a lot of other women in my life who were speaking other mothers. I was the yes. first one of my friends who got married, the first one yes. of my kids. Same. Right. So I was very much alone and trying to forge my own path. So hearing that you had this mother came along you and give you truth, I think that's so important. I think yes. also, yeah, I think it's also really interesting to look at these narratives that we build for ourselves that are founded in fear. Right. Right. And I think that the super mom myth, sometimes we think that that can be one that's maybe empowering. Like this is an ideal that we're supposed to attain, or this is like an accolade that we give to other women. Right. right. But ultimately I think that is a narrative that's built in fear mm-hmm. because it's this idea that I can never do what she does. I'm always right. failing. Right. Or that woman she's untouchable, like, Mm -hmm. or this ideal that we can never measure up. Right. But it's something that we want. It's like, I want to, I want to be the woman who has it all. I want to be the woman who has the perfect house and the uh, like powerhouse career and the kids who are healthy and well-behaved and the marriage that's, you know, friendly and sexy, you know, like these things that we think of, but everybody is normal. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We all have our mess, (laughs) you know, and I, sometimes I just think it's, you know, we hold that we hold like the vision of the super mom up on such a pedestal. And then really, when you look at it, we're like, what are we doing to these women? You know, that it's sort of like, how much can you carry, but don't look like you were carrying it. Right. You know, (laughs) and it just, I mean, that's not, it's, it, it, it's not healthy. Um, it's and yeah, not mentally healthy. Right, and then ultimately right. your health. I mean, it affects so many things when we have this ideal. I, my friend who's a young, I have a friend who's a young mom. She's two, two little toddlers right now. And she sent me a TikTok the other day and it was the same woman, but playing two different characters. And one of them was a uh, mom who is holding a newborn and has very yeah. classy eyes and just hair is kind of a mess. And the other one is um, 
a woman who's put together and she's like, oh, you're just super mom. You're just amazing. And it flips to the mom with a baby. And she's like, no, I'm actually really struggling. The other one says, oh, but you're doing so well. Like, I don't know how you do it. You're just, you're just amazing super mom. And the other one's like, no, I'm actually, I need help. Can you help? And it's this narrative of like not listening. Yes. I think there's like women, especially, I think the narrative is shifting a bit in culture where women are speaking their truth and they're saying, Hey, I'm struggling. Other people are resonating with that and saying, yeah, I'm alone. But then there's this all other narrative, I think, especially through the pandemic of women are amazing. They can do everything. Like look what super moms you are. Right. But it's like they're refusing to see Yes. Struggle in yeah. front of them. Do you, have you said that? Or absolutely. And I think I can even relate that to back going back to that story that, you know, I felt like in those early months of motherhood, I was drowning, but I was also getting praised. And, you know, I think one of the like most influential pieces of my, you know, this friendship um, with my friend Adrian was she wasn't praising it. She was calling it out and, you know, saying that, you know, this, I know what you're doing (laughs) and, um, and your mindset that you're thinking about it is all wrong. And, and, you know, you're great and you're enough. And, you know, you wake up every day, um, like ready to just pour into your kids, whatever your situation is in, you know, your context of your family, um, you know, women are waking up and they're just a go, you know, we're just ready to give it literally everything you have. And then more the pressure to be, to try to try to fill that supermom role. Um, I think part of the problem is that we are getting praised for it. You know, we are getting reinforced with it. And it's a, I, you know, we care about the job that we're doing. We want to do a good job. We want to do the best job. It's like, it's the job that we will like, care about the most in our entire life. And we want to do it well. You know, when people see us, you know, juggling all these things and, um, you know, maybe not seeing the underlayers that we're, um, you know, not showing so intensely, but, you know, we're really struggling um, and we're getting praised for kind of that outward appearance of how we're managing it. And then there's just this cycle to just try to keep going and keep going and, you know, inner inwardly, you're just like, I'm falling apart. And that I, um, I was just saying that going back to my friend, um, that was what was so helpful to me is that she didn't reinforce it. Um, you know, and here was somebody who I looked at and I held in such high esteem, you know, that she had, I felt like I had come into motherhood and really this like tight ball of anxiety and fear and, what I saw in her was just a relaxed, easy confidence. And, you know, so especially it was especially powerful to hear it from her of just calling it out. She wasn't holding this up on a pedestal. Um, Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, no, not a one of us is really doing the super mom thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She called it out for like, this is a toxic ideal. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I think that hearing what you're saying, like she gave you truth instead of praise. Right. And that right. made you feel validated. Yes. Yes. And yeah. then I was thinking about that TikTok 
And I was thinking encouragement is never a substitute for support. Right. And praise is never a substitute for truth. Right. And so I think that sometimes we, we, in our own heads, we have these ideals and society has the ideals, but I think we get it wrong a lot and it leaves women feeling unvalidated in their struggle and also striving for ideals that are beyond any woman's ability to fulfill. Right. And really just stuck, you know, um, I love your concept of, you know, for the show of, um, you know, seasons of motherhood, um, being goopy (laughs) and, you know, coming out of that, um, on the other side, really, you know, having transformed and grown, um, and changed. And I, cause I think it's, there are so many times in motherhood that we go through different types of goop. Um, and yeah, I think kind of that, um, false narrative just perpetuates you staying there and just being stuck and, what you really need is truth and support. Exactly what you said to, to, you know, try to get pulled through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that we can win, especially when we're in that really transformational or transitional time, like new motherhood, or maybe when our last baby's born, like for myself, like, yeah, what am I doing now? I think that we can, instead of acknowledging our transition is hard and we don't know who we are. I think that we cling to models that we think we should fulfill almost like a mold like that super right. mom mold like right. if I can just fit myself into this mold I'll know who I am yes but that mold nobody fits that mold it's like a right. Barbie doll you know right like, nobody right. has a Barbie doll body nobody has that long of legs nobody right. has that big of boobs. Yeah. like <laughs> nobody has that perfect hair but if we keep trying to fit that mold we never feel like we measure up but yes we can acknowledge yeah. that like my transformation hurts right now or feels really uncomfortable, but I have to just wait it out to see who I become. I think that that can give strength and honesty to that transition and that struggle, because I'm sure it took you time to feel like your calm, confident self. Yes, absolutely. And that other mom. Yes. When did you start feeling like more of yourself in your motherhood journey? Like from that time, that park date. Yeah, I know. I, lo- I, I just love that we just, you know, randomly met at the park like that. Actually, several of my friendships from early motherhood started out that way. Me I too. Love I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I, I would say probably maybe a year or so after I met her, um, when we first had our, when we first had our twins, um, we were living away from family. Um, so we had just moved to this new town. We didn't have any, um, you know, I didn't have any friends there yet. It felt very isolated and, um, alone. And then you throw in, you know, being a brand new mother on top of that. And especially with this context of loss kind of preceding all of that, you know, my twins were born in August and I remember feeling like it was the longest winter of my life. You know, it was just, you know, just that dark, cold, alone, like we had kind of been like hibernating with these two little infants, like, um, you know, all winter. And I remember when the sun came out in the spring, like, okay, it's time to like reemerge and see people. And, and she was the very first, but then it really, 
you know, that friendship grew and, you know, as they do, one friendship tends to lead to another and um, kind of grows. And I, I think it really was just um, building like a sense of community for motherhood, you know, um, and feeling like all of a sudden, okay, I have support and somebody who can say, yeah, me too. Like, I get it. Um, I've been there. I also didn't sleep for the last three nights in a row or, um, you know, whatever it might be just to have somebody else, um, say like, you're not crazy. This is normal. So yeah, I I think really just kind of establishing those friendships and, you know, building more confidence in myself, I would say probably, I don't know, it kind of took maybe a year or so after kind of like that first meeting with her to like grow into, enough of that, um, confidence in myself to like, feel like, okay, I own this now. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really good, I think it's really good for you to say that, that it took a year and they were already eight months old by that time. So they're like, right. you know, yeah, almost two. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I mean, that's not going to be everybody's timeline, but for a mom who be maybe listening to this and they're deep in that goop and deep mm-hmm. in that, right. Those early months, those early years saying like, Hey, don't expect for you to feel like you know who you are before right. those two years or more have passed yeah. and giving yourself the grace to be like, the reason I'm feeling uncomfortable is because this is really uncomfortable. Yes. Like- <laughs> right. And you know, I, one of the other things I think I wrote in that little article, um, because my, my friend is so wise, um, but she, she went on to say, you know, like when she made that statement to me, I believed her in that moment. You know, it's like, when did you feel like you kind of were starting to come to the other side? Like, even like, yes, it was a process, but even in that moment, I believed her and I felt better even just in that immediate moment. But then she added just because kind of just because you're hearing this message now, like we're going to struggle with this always forever. Like this comparison game that we do in motherhood and life um, like you can be feeling clear, like, okay, I just shook off that goo. I just got rid of that. Like, I feel good right now. I can, you know, I'm can see clear and this is, this is good, but it's like some of the goop still clings to you and you know, you're going to go through other times where you, you know, you're going to start to go back to that. And, um, you know, she made this comment that, you know, I don't know if we can ever avoid it completely but at least we can start to recognize it when we start to go down that path and, you know, try to catch ourselves and remind ourselves that um, this is false. This is not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm comparing myself to the, you know, variables that are not even mine. And so maybe not necessarily that, you know, it's not like I got through and then I never compared myself ever again that's definitely not the case. Um, but I think what has changed is that I can catch myself. I, you know, can start to recognize it and I don't get as lost in it anymore. Yeah. I was even just thinking about that today because it's fall break right now for my kids. And I just have this narrative in my head that they shouldn't be on screens all day. We need to be doing fun things outside the house. And I'm failing if I don't meet that ideal right? And that I'm not being a good mom for some reason. And so, and I, I have to check my thinking. I am like, no, 
it's okay that they're at the house. Right. right. Raining all day. Like we can't exactly go, you know, to the park or whatever. Right. Like, we'd make them go outside and ride bikes before it started raining. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Good job, mom. Yes. Guys, Check that box. Points there. <laughs> and then I realized that my nine, my almost nine-year-old, I like gave him a hug and I'm like, you have a fever. Now oh, no. go to bed. And so like one of my kids is in bed with fever right now. And I'm like, uh, you know, you don't even know, like you can plan all these things and you can be like, this is what we're going to do for fun fall break. And then your child gets yeah. sick and you have to pivot. Yep. Like, so it's just this matter of speaking truth to yourself and transitioning when you need right. to transition your plans or yourself or your identity or whatever it may be, big or yeah. small. But yeah, so it's not like, like you said, it's not like you have it all figured out by year two. Now I have, now I am my right. new self. Now yes, I exactly. that. Like my, my oldest, my twins are 14. And so like oh my 14 years into this game and I'm still having to like battle that super mom ideal in my own head and right. call out for being toxic and being like, yeah. no, I'm yeah. still a good mom. Even if we don't have right. all these plans for fall break. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's good. This is a this is a great conversation. I'm so glad we're talking uh, about this. I think <laughs> this is really needed because even though I think the culture has gotten better about supporting moms and allowing women to speak into their hardship, that false narrative comes up so much. And I think yes. that we battle battle yep. these thoughts so much. Absolutely. So what would you tell another woman? We've talked about a lot of good things, but what would you tell another woman who is dealing with this idea of the super mom myth or trying to find her identity or whatever it may be, what would you tell her? Um, gosh, I think a couple of things. Um, I think first I would, you know, look her right in the eye, just like my friend did for me and say, this is false. And, um, you know, that there is no super mom. That's the secret. And, um, so we just have to stop comparing ourselves to something that doesn't even exist. And, um, then I, I think I would say it doesn't last forever, (laughs) you know, that when you're in the goop, it feels like you're going to be there forever and it, it can feel really hard and really lonely. Um, Mm -hmm. but that, you know, this is a season and you're going to come out of this. And, um, I think it's, that's especially important message for new moms who, um, maybe experiencing some of that, the intensity of those hard feelings for some of the first time and feel like, is this ever going to clear? Is this going to be my life forever? This is how I will be forever. I felt that way. I'm like, I definitely felt like that. This is my life now. Yes. Yes. I think that's why it was so, I mean, I keep going back to talking about that park play date, but I think that was so like why it just meant so much, even to just stand across the park and observe her before we even had a conversation and just see somebody do motherhood in such a different way. Like she's relaxed, you know, like that she sort of represented hope to me, you know? And, um, and so I think that that would be my message is that if you are in a hard season, if you are, you know, feeling really stuck that that that's not going to last forever. It really is not. Um, And the other piece of that, I think I would add is um, find community. And, you know, like I, I said about, you know, kind of being like hibernating alone that winter when our twins were first born. I, I think part of 
like being, you know, feeling so just mentally stuck and down was I was by myself Mm -hmm. and the only voice I had in my head was my own. Um, and when the spring came and we got outside and, um, you know, I started to meet other women and other moms and, and develop that, that sense of community. It saved my mindset. It really did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just being able to kind of have this like shared experience. Um, I think motherhood really is meant to be shared and that the sisterhood is so, so important to motherhood. And, um, you know, if you're feeling stuck to like push yourself to try to find community, good community, you know, somebody that is going to be, um, you know, a really positive voice to you and, uh, you know, I know that's not always easy, but, uh, but I think it's always worth it. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So go to the park and meet somebody. Yes, yes. You can make good friends. I mean, I remember at the time that felt like such a big deal. You know, I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe like, I almost didn't make it to the park that day. <laughs> <laughs> like, it felt like such a, such a big, big deal. I know everything can feel really big and hard. Um, especially in that season, but, but I'm so glad that I did. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it does take taking, like pushing yourself to, um, you know, it, like if, if you want community in your life, then, um, you know, you have to be part of it. All right. So to end our time, I like to ask these rapid fire questions to guests and they're all just oh, for fun. So okay. are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. Which Disney princess would you want to take out for coffee? Oh, Anna. I like Love her energy. It. Yeah, me too. What's one <laughs> thing you must have on your nightstand? Oh, I have a little um, football guy that one of my sons gave me and a little note my daughter gave me when she was like four and um, just like little, the little knickknacks, the little like gifts from the kids. They're all right there. I love them. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that too. What's your go-to treat after the kids go to bed? Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation. You gotta have chocolate. Yeah. What's an ordinary moment that brings you great joy? Oh my goodness. I think just sitting back and observing my kids play. You know, our kids tend to play a lot outside in the yard. Um, they spend like their whole life going back and forth between our yard and our next door neighbors. And uh, I think that's my favorite when they're just like really engaged in something outside and like just looking out the window and like observing that from far. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you're actually getting along. Right. Yes. Yes. I like that too. You're like, (laughs) all right. Last show you binged and loved. Oh goodness. Um, It's a tie. Schitt's Creek and Ted Lasso. Yeah. I just, uh, I love them both. And like just need that joy. You know, it's like, if you're going to commit to something on TV, like better be happy <laughs> yes. and low pressure. It's not a lot of drama. It's not, right. Yeah. It's, it's just like, you can laugh and like, yes. you're like, yeah, I've definitely gotten to that point in my life. Like there's too much heavy in the real world. <laughs> like when I'm <laughs> take a minute to watch something on TV, it's gotta feel good. Yeah. You gotta escape. Yeah. <laughs> if you run out of this besides milk, you have to go to the store. Oh goodness. I'll say seltzer. My kids are like seltzer obsessed. Yeah. Do they drink it plain or like, do you put flavoring in it? They like it flavored. Yeah. 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 That's fun. Who makes you laugh? 
I would say my kids right now, like, you know, it's always the baby of the family, right? <laughs> so right now my six-year-old is uh, like the heavy comedian in the family. Yeah. I think that they, <laughs> uh, my, my two-year-old is my youngest and she is a ham. And she, I think it's because she has so many people to laugh at her. Yes. Like, she does right. funny things and she's like, oh, I got to work this. Angle. Yeah. They own it. Yes. And they get fun. They do more and more funny things. Exactly. Yeah. The biggest audience. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right, texting or talking? Oh, texting. Texting, texting. Yeah. It's quick. <laughs> or or if I could talk to somebody in person, but I'm in like a mess on the phone with no um facial cues. I'm I like, know. I can't do it. I need yeah, to see I, if you're smiling or like <laughs> or at least an emoji. Give me like an yes, emoji. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. With text, I can like carefully pick my words and like and yes, insert the little emoji to, you know, try to make sure like the right feeling is going along with it. Yeah. I'm the same. <laughs> what, what are you looking forward to? Oh goodness. Um, I'm looking forward to Christmas. Who isn't right. <laughs> but I think just as my kids are getting older, I'm like cherishing more and more of, um, like those special times in the family yeah. and, uh, yeah, not in like a pressure kind of way, like this has to be perfect, but just in a, like, I just want to be together and have like some twinkling lights in the background and like just soak it up as long as we can. Last one. Finish this sentence. Motherhood is. Oh, goodness. Um, I would say breaking and rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And and I think sometimes it can happen in like the same exact moment even. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are the times I think that just kind of take your breath away um, throughout your motherhood journey. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I love that. All right. Thank you so much, Emily, for joining us today. You can find Emily on Facebook at you are loved Emily Roussel, or you can pick up a copy of Rocky tonight in hardcover or Kindle version on Amazon. I will also be posting the link to the article that we referenced today in the show notes. So make sure that you guys check out her article because it's really, really good. Thanks, Emily. I really loved our conversation. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me. Hey friends, I'm so glad you chose to spend your time listening to this episode today. I hope it encouraged you and gave you some good food for thought. In 2022, I want to keep bringing thought-provoking, soul-affirming, high-quality content to you. In order to do this, I want to ask for your support. If you're loving this podcast, write a review in Apple Podcasts or leave some stars in Spotify. In the wonderful world of social algorithms, this is how new listeners will find the podcast. Next, tell your friends. If you know another mom who is in the goop right now, send her a text of encouragement and a link to the episode that is speaking to your heart right now. I'd also love to have you join us over on our Facebook page. You can find it by searching for the Motherhood Metamorphosis Podcast. Finally, you can dig deeper into the podcast by becoming a Patreon supporter. I'd love to have you listen in on a bonus solo episodes, which air on the last Monday of each month. I share stories about my own motherhood journey and practical insights about how to navigate your own transformation and growth. You can find the Patreon account at Patreon slash The Motherhood Metamorphosis. Thank you again for listening and for all your support of this podcast. If you ever have any questions, comments, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email me at BrittanyAMing at gmail.com. Are you getting a visitor? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
G-I-V-E. Okay. Also, I need to um, have a little time by myself so I can have this interview, okay? Can you ask your brothers? Send your microphone with me. Okay, C-O-M-M-A-N-D. Okay, this is the last one I can do for now. You have to wait until later, okay? 